This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture, with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. The only thing worse than shopping for someone who has everything is shopping for an architect. They're kind of a drag to shop for because they are exceedingly particular and you know that they think your taste is garbage. So what is the well-intentioned gift giver to do? That's today's episode, the holiday gift guide for architects. Hi everyone, I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And in what has become an annual must-write post, I present to you the definitive list of what to get an architect for Christmas. This is actually the 10th version of this list, and I'm not gonna lie, starting to feel a little bit like Ebenezer Screws about the whole thing because I have unknowingly started to come up with some internal rules that govern what sort of gifts do and do not make my list. For the most part, I've tried to move away from doodahs and bric-a-brac. I'm anti-doodah. And (laughs) I have it in my mind. What's a doodah? Camp town. doodads? Doodah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, doodads. (laughs) I'm like, doodah, doodah. Yeah. Camp Town racist, sing this song. Doodah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, All so right. so doodads. And that just sounds wrong. That sounds like, hey, what's happening, doodad? Hey, doodaddy-o. Doodaddy-o and brick-a-brack. Because why? Tchotchkes. It's right. I'm anti-tchotchke. Yeah. I want these gifts to be something that will live on past this particular holiday season. And that means that Andrew and I have focused on Longevity, purpose, and substance over style. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry you're introducing my gifts that way. I know. Well, Apologies for my choices, my selections in advance. They're all good time party gifts and not stylish gifts. Is that, no, no. I'm, I'm just, excited to see them now. Yeah, okay. All right. No. They're okay. Not. Yeah. I, I suppose substance and style are preferred. Okay. That's the idea. Certainly. So we should we should get into this. It's the holiday season. Indeed, it's getting close. If you're listening to this like fresh, you're probably still in a Thanksgiving turkey hangover. Yeah, your tryptophan is still in full force. In high levels. You yourself might be enjoying a holiday spirit. Exactly. Let's just, for everyone, if you're not driving, let's just take a moment and enjoy a holiday spirit. <laughs> mm. Cheers, everyone. I need more holiday spirit. Okay, so let's get into the 2019 What to Get an Architect for Christmas shopping episode. Sounds good. Okay, I'll go first. Now that you've set it up so tremendously. I mean, the expectations should be... Through the roof. Sky high. Disappointment ensues. They should be at the level that Santa Claus is traveling in. That rarefied... That stratosphere. That's right. Yeah, okay. I think we're going to talk about five gifts each. Even though, if you go to the blog post that accompanies this podcast, there'll be a lot more than what we talk about, because we don't have the time. And frankly, I'm sure you don't want to listen. To us go on and on about whatever it is we're talking about. That's right, because it may not be interesting, and unlike us, you might have not had any Christmas spirits to make this particular episode. As good as it is. As amazing (laughs) to you as it is to us. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, let's get into it. Let's be serious now. Okay. So, okay, go. We put this together last year as my first one. I mean, I've done some right on my blog before, but way back when for the podcast. And then this year when I went back to revisit, I was trying to figure out are there categories? Can I try to figure out some sort of 
categorical thing that I can stick with every year to make sure that I'm yeah. at least consistent somewhat. That's so smart. I'm trying, but it's still difficult because last year was all over the place, and then this year's kind of all over the place, too. Well, I'm I'll, trying I'll... to come up with some that's a little bit of a theme for each of the categories. Well, we didn't. We didn't set out and say, like, sometimes you could say, okay, here's the rules. It has to be under $10, or it has to be in the categories of kitchen, bar, architectural, yeah, whatever. I can tell you that in the 10 years that I've been doing this, this is a hard one for me to do now. I don't want that much stuff. <laughs> you know, so coming up with a list every year for 10 years, I kind of go, I'm not that materialistic. Yeah, I am, but I'm not. There's certain things I want, but it's not like anybody else would want those things. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a little bit of the, the things I want. I want a pair of pants. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, I was going back through my Amazon shopping list to see like, what have I got? And it was like, I bought some sports coats and some jackets and some outer, you know, I bought like things, shoes and whatnot. But I mean, I'm not going to put that on this list because that's sort of everyday stuff. Not well, do you remember when you were younger, way back? Yeah, then, I think so. Yeah. When you got clothing as a gift, oh, it was the biggest jippo. Yeah, it was the worst. Yeah. The world. You're like, I, yeah. I need this anyway. This isn't special. This is you masquerading a gift no. as something I would have gotten anyway. This is like a loaf of bread. So utilitarian. Yeah. Don't give me clothes. I don't I, need socks. I hated it. I hated it. I mean, now I actually kind of like that stuff some as yeah. an adult. Because my mother still manages to give me like a billion things that I, I mean, not that I don't need them, but that I don't need them. I can buy my own stuff. She buys me things like socks and undershirts and things. Are I'm they like, good socks? Though? Yeah, no, they're good because I tell her exactly what they are. <laughs> so she's your. So she's just basically shopping. shopping for me. Yeah, but then she wraps it up. But she feels better at That's least. Nice. I well, guess. Hey, you know, growing up, we did shopping lists in our house, like Christmas lists. Oh yeah. Says this is what I want. It was funny, Michelle, my beloved wife. She thinks shopping lists are kind of crazy. Oh, we still do them. You know, I totally get her point. I'm on board with it, really. Yeah. But if you get to the point where if you need something, you just go and get it. It makes hard for shopping for someone who doesn't see the it's not that I can't recognize the thoughtful gesture of somebody saying I like burnt and they said that in July and I make a mental note of it and then I go get it for them secretly later. Yeah. Totally can appreciate that. Yeah. But since I'm not a doodah person. Yeah. I generally don't ever think of it that way because there's nothing that I, like I don't take vacations and go, I got to get this as a remembrance of my trip. <laughs> I'm not that person. I'm a little bit that way, but not much. It makes it kind of hard without having lists. And so the origin story of me actually writing this shopping list and putting it on my website was it was basically literally my Christmas list that first year. And it always oh, of like the stuff you wanted, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, like, like I put sweater vests on the shopping list one year. Nerd. Here's the position I was coming from. <laughs> if I want it, it stands to reason that somebody else would want it because I'm not asking for crazy stuff for the most part. I either think it's cool or I think it's an object that's worth wanting. That's the idea. That's the premise. I'm sure that's what every list should be. There's things on this list, and I'm sure there's things on this year's list that someone's going to go, "Why is that a gift for an architect?" Well, because I want it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an architect, and by default, then there it is. Yeah, I'm an architect. Well, right? but I do and think, I want it. and not to really overgeneralize, but I think there is a consistent sort of level of appreciation for things that we all have as architects. Some of the stuff that we like is a little peculiar and a little different, maybe not run-of-the-mill. Right. And we have the ability to. You might appreciate something 
So we're sitting, I almost feel like I, the fire should be going. I literally thought about that, but it was, I felt hot. Well, you know, so I would probably complain about the noise it makes. I don't know. You know, maybe that would have made this along with the Christmas spirit. It would have been so much better. Even more. Dang it. Yeah. Blew in it. I did blow it. My mom still makes my daughters give her Christmas lists. She doesn't have by Thanksgiving. Man, it's, it's bad news. Well, you, you get what you get yeah. and you don't throw a fit. So my wife gets us all Christmas pajamas. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't normally think I'm a pajama guy. I'm really not. I don't sleep in pajamas. A little sexy note to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, really, thanks for sharing. It's not really how I admit bit, it. Yeah, but, uh-huh, uh-huh. but, you know, like tops and bottom and Mental the, picture. the flannel. We're warm, you know, because Christmas is cold and all that kind of stuff. I do like that. She'll get us like T-shirts, like a custom printed T-shirt or something. I love it. And actually, it kind of drives me crazy. She got me this one a couple years ago. It has like Santa Claus on it and whatever. Like just his head. It's gray. I wear it all year round. It's so <laughs> soft. I mean, I don't wear it like to the ground. Yeah, but you wear it in the house and stuff, yeah. I might have worn it out a couple times just because I was wearing it. and I didn't, I'm not going to go care. pull it off. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. But it's so comfortable. And I think it kind of drives... Her and my daughter are a little crazy. They're like, why are you wearing a Santa Claus shirt? It's, it's like July. July. <laughs> you moron. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a tradition that we have. But I was starting to say, despite the fact that we don't have a fire, so we're sitting in my den. And if you look around this room, there's evidence of items that were on previous year's Christmas lists. Like right there. I mean, they're on the shelves. I tell people what I want and the idea that if I want it, maybe someone else will want it. So that's the spirit of the list. Sure. Okay. In that vein, I'm going to start with my first item. Let's do it. It is the Timbuk2 Foundry Pack Backpack. And you, so what, I've dropped it into, so you should be able to look at it. I just opened it up. I'm getting there. Is that not, that's dope. It is dope. It's an interesting looking backpack. Like, it's not your typical, it's a very stylish backpack. It's a, a cool person's backpack. Yeah, it is. I don't know that why you would get it, but. It is a cool person's backpack. Oh, because I'm not cool? <laughs> Maybe this would be the thing. It would put you on. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, this is the missing item. Yeah, I don't know if you put this on with a Santa shirt, that that's going to really help. No, no, no. Clearly, I have to put on cool clothes to wear this backpack. But yeah, because w- the guy in the ad's cool dressed. You yeah, know. you can barely see him and he's, you just know he's cool. Yeah, I know. So, I have a backpack now that I got for free. From like a convention. A convention. <laughs> and it's got some janky logo logo on it it. i don't even know who this part i mean it says their name and i go is this even english i don't even know what this word is i like the backpack they're out of business now it's got like a billion zippers on it and it's got a place for me to put everything and after using it for about three months because i used to have this really nice jack spade messenger bag and i liked it but what happened to it i still have it oh but the thing i didn't like about it is it was kind of a canvasy type of bag which this one is too but it would it wouldn't set up. Like if I put it down the it floor, wasn't stiff enough it would to, just flop over. Yeah. And it was how I loaded it. It would be real irregular. So I was like, I don't like that. I want something that's got more of like a dedicated, like this is the bottom and it's flat. Yeah. I got you. And so the, the free bag that I got from the CDA conference I went to, I love it because I actually haul two laptops around with me every single day. Craziness. It's madness. I look at this and I go, I need a cooler bag because I'm bringing it to meetings and I'm very self-conscious about it. And this, this foundry pack from Timbuktu, it just looks cool. Yeah, it's a nice looking bag. I mean, I like the color, of course. 
There's two different colors. Oh, it comes in jet black, actually. Yeah, it's got other stuff. I mean, the one you have is gray, but it comes in black. The one I have is like a very dark, dark gray, charcoal gray, gray with black leather accents on it. And yeah. you can see from the photo, he's got a Mac in there and he's got an umbrella. I mean, it looks like it would hold all the stuff that I need to hold. I'm a little like, I think maybe it's, it's a water bottle. Or a water bottle. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or an umbrella. Or an umbrella. I have an umbrella in my, my other bag right now, just in case. I think it's a good looking bag. The uprightness, I think, is nice. That's the thing. The vertical kind of thing about it. I need a bag that is befitting a person of my stature. Well, I do think it's interesting. I think it has a bottle opener on it. Is that what's on the front? No, maybe that's like a carbiner or something like that. Something to hook something onto. Nope. Is it a bottle opener? Iconic hex-shaped beer tiki. Oh, my God. I would love this bag even That's more. That's what it says. And so at a moment's notice, if I need to open up a bottle of beer. Pop. Man, Done. everybody needs this bag. That's right. Okay, so that's my first gift. Oh, and it actually fits a 15-inch laptop, which is pretty big. I mean, that's well, good I need size. I need that. That's part of the reason I looked no, at yeah, it. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. Because look, I mean, right now, I'm recording this episode, and I have two laptops open and in use. I know, because you're weird with the laptop stuff. Yeah. Well, church and state. One is work. One is podcast. All right. So let's go to your first gift. Well, mine is also a bag because you have a bag. So it's a bag. So you chose a bag too. But this is a much smaller bag because, I mean, you know me. I'm pulling it up. Anytime I go somewhere, I feel naked without a bag, actually. When we go to conventions, I'm going to always have my bag. It's not that big a bag. It's a shoulder bag. It's a little messenger bag. That's what I meant. It fits my 13-inch iPad. Yeah. And some notebooks and then, you know, pens and stuff. I mean, it's got a lot of pockets and everything, but it's still pretty compact. It's canvas and it's got some external pockets like that I can get to where I can keep business cards or a pen or whatever. Okay. I'm looking at the picture and there's a zipper on the front. Mm-hmm. You know what? I thought instantly, this is how cool I am. Okay. I went, oh, you could put your euros in there. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where you store your yeah, euros. My euros. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That sounds exactly like what it is. It's a good looking bag. I just bought it. So this one I actually own. Oh, yeah. Because I want to see the inside of it. I bought it this year. Okay. Well, let me know. For the people that don't know Andrew, he is hyper organized with all his stuff. Like we'll go to conventions. So we'll we'll say, okay, I'll meet you in your room, whatever, before we head out and I'll go down. And he's got everything. He's got bags for cords and he's got 800 pens and they're all like aligned, very particular. It's not just like a clump of them. Yeah. So does this accommodate your OCD organization? Some of it. Yeah. I had to pair it back. And the reason I paired it back is because I had a bigger bag and it was too heavy and it was just killing me. Like it was breaking my back to lug it around. And so I had to pare down some stuff. Well, you're using a giant iPad right now. Does that fit in this bag? Yes, it does. It fits in there. That's it. What size is that one? 13, 12.9. 12.9. That's the biggest one, right? Yeah. It fits in there just barely. It's pretty snug. It's made to fit a 13-inch laptop, and so this fits in there just barely. And then I've got a couple of sketchbooks and stuff in the front, and then pens and other things like that. Hey, just barely is fitting. I know. That's right. As long as it fits. This also looks kind of dark gray. Yeah, it's very dark gray. Of course it is. I mean, for me. And then it's that canvasy sort of water-repellent thing. It looks similar like the material of that Timbuktu bag, I would imagine. Mine looks more heavy, like canvasy, like fire hosey. This is not quite that heavy, but it's got that water repellent sheen to it. The texture's a little bit different. I still can't get over it. the convenience of having your euros right there on the front. I, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. That's where I keep all my euros. 
your stacks of 50s and 20s. And, yeah, it's just access is quick. Yeah, it's I nice. love it. It is nice. It's a nice looking bag. I mean, I like my bag better. Well, that bag's better for you. I would never carry a backpack. Not a competition. I would never carry a backpack. But I would win if it was. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> nope. No? I didn't say that. <laughs> because if we had a race, I would win because my bag is not, it's not as heavy. Okay, I think that's, I think that's fair to say. You want to go on to the next Let's gift? Let's move on to the next thing. Okay, so this falls into the category of a kind of art. Yeah, I mean, I think the last one was sort of like worky, office type. We didn't actually come up with silos of gifts. I mean, I did, but you didn't. No, no, we didn't coordinate them. No, we did not. No, I, I internally had like a, hey, should I structure it this way? But yeah. we didn't get together and say, hey, here are the five categories. Pick something from this category. No. That would require coordination. That doesn't happen. And planning between the two of us ahead of time. Which doesn't happen. Which we didn't do. Which is always my fault, but it didn't happen. Andrew said it, not me. The next thing that I have on the list, I'm not really sure how to describe it without telling the story of how I I think you should tell the story. Yeah. So just to kind of create a picture in your mind, it's a piece of pottery, ceramic, but it's not like a vessel. It's not a bowl or a plate. It's actually of an owl. Yeah. And it's called the Dornberg Owl. It's actually a famous piece of ceramic art. Art. I'd, I'd call it's it It's like art. a little statue-ish yeah. kind of thing. I mean, like, yeah. And I already own this thing. Yeah, I know. I saw it. It's cool. And so, yeah, I showed it to you today. Now I want one or four. Because it's worth having. No, it's cool. They're that cool. So it's actually two pieces. So there's a body and then there's a, the head and they're both completely closed, but you, you set the head on top of the body in such a way that allows you to rotate the head of this owl. And in the act of rotating it around, it looks like it's making different expressions at you. It sort of gives it some character. Yeah, and it's really nice. And so when I was in Germany for the 99th anniversary of the Bauhaus movement, went all these amazing tours. And we were in Thuringia. And, you know, the Bauhaus is kind of siloed into these different kind of, that's probably not the right way to put it. It was cross-pollination. Basket weavers and... Artists, tapestry artists. That's and, right. Yeah, there's everybody. weavers and there's ceramicists and all that kind of stuff. So we did this tour of this ceramicist studio and we went toward it. And the thing that was kind of funny about it is it was on a Saturday and they were technically closed, but they opened up for us in order to do this. So when I was on that trip, among the many different tours we took, we went to the town of Bergel in Germany, which was really, really beautiful. And we did the tour, and I have all these amazing photographs because everything in there was super picturesque. It was like, if you could just imagine what a picture-perfect postcard image of Europe would look like, it was this town. Nice. And so the ceramicist that we went to look at was this guy named Heiner Hans Korting. Okay. Pretty sure I nailed that. I'm, I'm sure. He's not with us anymore. His son runs the studio. It still operates, but it's also a museum, and they're in the act of going through the process of trying to turn it into a safe space that could be a museum where you could walk through it. And oh, see things. okay, yeah. I'm sure for the 100 coming up or whatever this year. Yeah. So we did this, and I'm looking at these, and I, I had known about the Dornberg Owls and how they were the most famous piece that this guy ended up making with these articulating heads. And they're really, really nice, and they're amazingly beautiful. So we, I do the whole tour, and I see them. And I'm like, I want those. I want to, I want to buy one. I, I mean, it's a shop. Buy them. Yeah. You can buy them, but they're not open. So I go and I track down this guy, and in very bad German, we had this conversation. I was like, I want to buy one. And he's like, we're closed. And I go, I'm not from here. Dude. 
Can I just? This is my one hour here. Yeah. Can I just? Can I do it? And he goes, Yeah, okay. It's 30 euro. And I was like, Great. And he goes, Has to be cash because we're closed. And so I can't. You can't do anything. Can't do anything. I was like, I'm going to put it in my pocket and. Yeah. And I don't have 30. I don't have. I I didn't have the euros. And I go running out and I'm like, Is there an ATM machine in this town? (laughs) The answer was no. So I had to go borrow money from somebody. Actually, it's a guy named Bill, who's the editor of Architects Newspaper. Like somebody else on the tour with yeah, you Yeah, on the tour. I was like, Bill, do you have any cash? And he's like, yeah, I got lots of cash. <laughs> and he did. He's like, yeah, I'm a normal person. He I pulled out cash. a giant wad of euros. And he goes, how much do you want? And I went, mm-hmm, I better get three. <laughs> You're like, I need 100 euros. Yeah, I go, I, well, I, did, I had some, but I, I knew I wanted to get three. So I go, can I get 60 euro? So he gives me the 60. I run back and I buy three. So my daughter has one. My wife has one, and I gave one to another friend of mine who's, his name is Shax Riegler. He, he's like the editor at Architectural Digest, super cool guy. And he didn't get to go on this tour, and he was really upset because we both have like this mutual love of ceramic creative pieces. Mm. But I got back to the States, and I wanted to look it up. And I was like, everybody can buy one of these things. So that's what's on my list. You can just you go can, to the website. And you buy can it. go to the website and buy these things. Now, they have different ones. If you go to the website, let's say that you don't want the Dornberg out, which you should. I wouldn't shame you, but I'd kind of raise an eyebrow if you. I know they have a taller barn owl. They have a bear. Yeah. So, as a thing, they're cool. If you have somebody who is a bear fan or something, maybe that'd be a reason to get the bear. Mm-hmm. This is a piece of history that they still make. And it's the original. They're amazing. You have to get them. I mean, I think it's interesting. Although there's some other pieces that don't like move, that don't have the well. You, they have a raven. That one part. Yeah, that, that one moves. And they have another. They have two birds. And they're cool. Yeah, I think they are pretty cool. But I go if, if you're going to do it, and you don't have a reason to choose another one, you got to get the original Dornberg owl. Yeah, I would say so. That might be the coolest thing I have on my list because no one's going to expect it, and there's a history, and you can go look it up, and you can read all about it on the website. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little piece. Yeah. It was much cooler in person, actually, is the other thing I would say. I mean, we were talking about it. You brought it out. And I was like, oh, this is not what I expected, and it's really cool. Yeah. Your reaction when I told you about, hey, I have this ceramic owl, and I was, like, mm, well, was not great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. then when I brought it out, you're like, okay, now I want one. Yeah. Now that exactly. I've seen it. All right. So let's go to your next item. So keeping in the art theme, there was a series of screen prints commissioned by this shop that I frequent a lot. It's called Spoke Art. They had a Frank Lloyd Wright series of prints that they had commissioned. All right, I have it pulled up here. And they're just a large series of mostly like 24 by 36 inch screen prints of his different buildings done by different artists that are popular in this pop art screen print realm. I think some of them are beautiful. Yeah, they're stylized. They're not like photographs. Yeah, no, no, these are not photographs. These are drawings. Or pieces of art that are created by some other artist as a representation of Frank Lloyd Wright work. Oh, there's a ton of them. Look at this. And there's a bunch. And some of them are really, really fantastic. Some of them have a lot of a mid-century vibe to them. Others are really sort of artistic in their representation. Oh, man. Look at this. They're pretty cool. This Guggenheim one, it's got like George Jetson-like spacecrafts going around. Oh, yeah, the first one there? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. There's some really interesting pieces. And I mean, I, I'm big on screen print art. Oh, look at that. Have they have, it, they but... have the Kalita Humphreys Theater here. Mm-hmm. That's in Dallas. Yeah. 
they have a pretty good representation of his work as well, which I thought was interesting. So if, if and I'm again, I'm not the this giant Frank Lloyd Wright fan, but I thought this was cool architecture related artwork. Oh, a couple of these are sold out, so folks, you better act. Mm-hmm. Better act fast. Yeah. Wow, these are pretty cool. You know what I would love? If these were like stamps. Oh, yeah. Man, we go to trouble to like buy cool stamps to put on anything we mail out. Yeah. These would make dope stamps. They would be pretty cool stamps. But they're cool posters, but too. they're cool prints, yeah. And they're not posters. They're It's a different thing. I mean, they're... That's right. I shouldn't. That's bad language on my part. They're like nice heavyweight art paper, screen printed. I have a bunch of them in various ways. Do you have any not of these? Not any of these. I don't have any of these, no. You think you're going to get one? Yeah, I've been itching. I've been looking for a while, actually. We're just trying to decide. You know, it'd also be fun to poke around and look at these artists and see what else they've done. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you that this this is one of the websites that I, they do a lot of contemporary art and screen prints. And there's sculptures and there's other things on here, but I goof around this website a lot. I dig it. It's pretty fun. Easy enough. And there's lots of options. You don't have to get one. There's multiple. F- yeah. F- you could have like a color here. theme because they come in all these different kind of cool colors. Yeah. There's one I think that's kind of interesting. That's the one that's actually just, it says it's FLW. That's got the picture of him at his drafting desk or the image of him. And then right in the background, there's all of his famous buildings all collaged together. It's a pretty interesting piece. There's a black and white version, like a pencil version. And then there's a color version as well. Yeah, I saw that when I was hovering my mouse over it. It was done by Francois Chaitin. I've been looking at him for a while. They had a show in New York at the Guggenheim with this, and they had a show at Talies and West. That makes for sense. This, makes for sense. these things. Yeah. And that's actually how I found out about them. Yeah, these are cool. You should check them out, folks. So what's up next? All right, so I, I typically try to pick something that's in the bar, kitchen area. And I had two items, and I might put both on the list, but I was trying to figure out which one I was going to talk about today. And I decided I was going to talk about the food dehydrator. Okay, let's make some beef jerky, dude. Do you like dehydrated food? I don't know. I mean, it sounds terrible. Sounds fantastic. Dry and dry. Chalky. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think of astronaut food, actually. It's what it makes me think of. But I know there's probably better ways to do it. Well, so I have a food dehydrator, and it's, it's not a great one. I mean, it was very considerate. My wife got it for me. It's just old. Things have gotten... Yeah, you probably can get one that you can control yeah, it had your like phone a, now. It stuff. had a knob. Like, you just twisted the knob and you plugged it in. That yeah, was it. that was it. We got it for two reasons. One, I thought, I don't eat a lot of beef jerky, but let's give it a go. And my daughter was really young at the time. And she was eating these, like, turns out they weren't just dehydrated. They were, like, nitrogen frozen dehydrated. So they were crisp. Yeah, like little peas or whatever it is that they have. Or, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't like fruit leather, you yeah. know, where it was like, you know, it wasn't that, which is yes. a thing which you can make. No, I know, I know. It just makes me laugh the name. Yeah, fruit leather. Mmm. Bite mm. <laughs> me off a chunk of that. Nice. But we buy a lot of beef jerky for my daughter now because she's really weird. Her eating habits are kind of crazy. So she doesn't like eating a lot in the morning. She kind of doesn't really like eating anything in the morning. I'm good with that. That's how I am. But then she doesn't really have an appetite when it comes lunchtime. But then middle of the afternoon, she's like, oh my starving God, to I'm death. starving. Yeah. And she could eat like three dinners within like three hours. And she's on the rowing team. And so she's putting out. Burning them. It's no wonder she's like a minus one on the size chart. And she's tall. <laughs> yeah. She's tall. And she's very thin. Yeah. She's not. It's not just skin and bones. She's got a little muscle there, but 
so my wife and I were always trying to get like protein in her. Mm-hmm. And so we buy a lot of beef jerky in our house. She likes beef jerky. Yeah, that's good. And she eats a lot of it. You give her a bag of it, she'll eat the whole bag. Actually, beef jerky is kind of expensive. It like is expensive. Good beef jerky. So I keep thinking, oh, I should, you know, maybe I could make it. I have that dehydrator. My wife goes, yeah, remember we did that? And it was kind of like gummy. I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. So I have a friend of mine, guy I went to college with. He's one of these guys that's too smart, like, so it like makes things hard for him <laughs> in life. He's that guy. I understand that. And so he makes the most amazing food. He has all these afflictions and he can't sleep. And so he gets up in the middle of the night and he cooks. It's kind of the way that his Interesting. mania kind of manifests himself. But his whole thing is he has no money. All right. So he'll make these amazing meals and he'll say, I used a hammer and a chisel because I'm not on the money to buy like a, a cleaver. He says he has as many, he buys as many kitchen tools from the hardware store as he does from like a cooking aisle. Interesting. All right. So he's recently gotten into a dehydrating. dehydrating. Yeah. And he bought one for like $19. And so on Instagram, he's just been publishing all these experiments that he's been doing on dehydrating. <laughs> Sucking the water out of food. Yeah. So he was making beef jerky. And, and, and I'm telling you, this guy, he's a super interesting person. And I'll tell my wife and my wife, I'm not sure she enjoys hearing the stories because I probably don't do a very good job trying to explain the depth at which he talks about things. So he's run like 12 experiments and he catalogs all this stuff on his Instagram feed. And he's making this beef jerky. And he'll say, oh, we ran this one at 124 degrees for 17 hours. And then he'll go, this was the results. So now we're going to try one at 98 degrees for 29 hours. And he's like calculating all the viscosity rates and the rate at which water leaves, you know, meat, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, because you need another hobby to calculate time and effort like I know, barbecue. I know. I really just want to like put meat on a thing, hit a button, walk away, which is why I put the one on here that I did. Oh, is it that kind of thing? Yeah. So now you can actually say what temperature you want and at how long do you want it. It's not a dial. It's digital. And it's got all these different trays and it's clean and I can put stuff in the dishwasher to, to clean it off and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, look, yeah, it looks sanitary, which is another thing that I think dehydrators are kind of, you're just leaving meat out for a day. That sounds like <laughs> a, the, a bad it's idea. It's like the old days. You just hung it out off the edge of the house, right? <laughs> I don't put some know. salt on it and threw it out there. Yeah, and you're good to go. So that's not this. <laughs> and I should say, and it's not a particularly expensive one. No, but I mean, it looks nice. Yeah. I'm not really a big fan of like the one tool kitchen appliance, quite honestly, but I think this one could be fun because I'm a big advocate of like on Christmas day, you got to get at least one gift that requires you to do something. So you got to put it together. Something oh, you can play with. Something, something to, that's got, yeah. All right. Yeah. Something that's going to occupy your brain. I love that. That's what this is. Yeah. If you're listening to this, buy like a pot roast, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to buy like a roast beef or something so that then you could actually use it the day you, you get it. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I don't know. I'm sure it'd be good for your diet. You'd be eat healthier if you're Maybe. baking the food. Maybe. No, this looks like it's interesting. I think I would do the thing, right? Where I would just be like, I wonder if I could dehydrate this and I would just stick it in there. Yeah, dehydrate toothpaste. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, it's not like, hmm, we're going to turn them into breath mints or something. Yeah. So, right? How does that work? I mean, it's got to be something to just kind of, what if? Or maybe I just dehydrate little pearls of toothpaste so that that's how I pack it. And then when I go on a trip, I just... Pull one of those down, put the water on it, and it turns into toothpaste. Yeah, right? 
That's how you get around Homeland Security. That's right. I'm going to fix it. <sighs> okay, so let's go to the next one. What do you have? Because I just pulled it up. I'm cheating. I looked ahead. Well, mine's in the kitchen vein as well. I know. It's all black. It is all black. It's very sleek. This is something I've been looking at for a while. I don't have one. Again, I think it would be fun. It's an, a smart an air fryer. I understand the words, but I don't understand what that so, means. So, I'm not 100% sure, but it, well, I'm fairly certain what it does. It fries without oil. It fries with air. And a little bit of oil, but not like submerging your stuff in oil. And you know me, I love a good French fried potato <laughs> more than the next person. It's funny. It makes it sound like, like one big potato. <laughs> I like a French fried potato. That's true. <laughs> no, I like French fries, right? I like a lot of fried food, but I, I know that I should not be eating that stuff. We've had this discussion, I guess, maybe last week about how, how we eat like garbage as adults and we should know better. We should know better. So this is on my list. This one is a smart Wi-Fi one so I can control it from my phone. Like I really need to do that. They have another version that's so not. Yeah, but that's who you are. That's the fun part of I know. it for you. And so, yeah, I just like to, that way I could air fry like French fries or chicken tenders or wings or something like that. And it might not be as terrible for me. And also because my girls would eat this too. And then that way it's not as bad for them either. Yeah. Well, no, I like the idea of it. It's funny. I was scrolling through the photos here and one of the photos pops up. There's a quote. It says, Alexa, cook steak in the smart air fryer. (laughs) Like, do you just have steak? Do you just have steak sitting in there? (laughs) Maybe so. I see that. Alexa, cook the meat that's just been sitting in the the smart air fryer. For for four days. (laughs) Yeah, so 1,700 watt programmable base for air frying, roasting, and keeping warm. 11 presets. This does it all. Yeah, for at least an air fryer. I do. I just saw that too. It's not little. No, it's a big big boy. Because I can put a whole chicken in here, it looks like. 5.8 quarts. Five pound chicken. Wow. According to the advertisements. And look, if you actually follow the link that'll be on the post, the people that are using it, they look very healthy. Yeah. So I like the idea of that, you know, but I would like you to get it and then tell me if I should get it. Yeah. It comes with some recipes, which I think is good. A hundred, it says. Yeah. When it gets started, that's the kind of thing. I can schedule my cook time four hours in advance, or I can just tell Alexa, hey, fry the meat for fry, 25 minutes. Fry that meat that I've been, I've left in there. Exactly. I'd be curious to know. So, like, you should get yours and I should get mine and we should just do experiments. Do experiments. Like, the only way over, we should FaceTime and go, you eat yours first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It looks cool and I'm intrigued. And it does fall into the category of you would have fun with it for sure for a while. For a little while. Even yeah. if it's a disaster. Yeah, it could exactly. be for a long time if, if it worked out great. I mean, I like to cook too. I like to do that kind of stuff when I have time. We fry some stuff in this house. I don't really fry stuff. My problem is I eat out fried stuff. Yeah. Like if I make French fries at home, I cook them in the oven and they kind of suck. Yeah. Oven French fries are not the best, but if I could put them in here, then I'd feel better about it. I have an electric skillet. That's what I use whenever I, like if I want to make fried chicken or or wings or something like that. Yeah. And if you do it right, they're not greasy and you hardly use any grease at all. I mean, like you use a lot of grease to fry it. Then like if you measure what you use yeah it doesn't yeah it's not it's not much, much i know but when i cook wings like we're gonna have a football party thing or whatever yeah and i'm gonna make 60 wings that will take me like two and a half hours to prep and to make because i can't cook a whole bunch of them at once because then the temperature drops low and that's what makes them greasy mm-hmm. if i could skip the greasy part because that's the reason why i don't 
eating wings out as much as I like wings. That's what kills me. But if I cook them in the house, I feel fine. Now I want wings. Uh, me too, kind of. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Well, that's good. Maybe we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's roll the dice. For any of you listeners out you, there, you I, can send you my, <laughs> I can send you my mailing address and yeah. shoot it to me. There you go. All right, here we go. So I'm going to go to the next gift. I have a fairly extensive collection of tools. I like tools. Yeah, me too. I'm a believer that the right tool for the job is important. The thing I put on this year's list, I've actually included, I don't know, beginning of the year is one of my podcasts that I recorded. I mentioned three tools. It was in my spare time. And I go, there's three tools that I really want. I've gotten two of those three. Well, there you go. So one was I needed to get a new small cordless drill and I got it and it's awesome. I like it. Sweet. And we can't live without that. I mean, if you do anything, you need one of those. You have to have one of those. I put one of those on the list like a year or two ago. So I guess it was two years ago. So I go, I can't put that on there again. And then the other thing that I got was an orbital sander. Mm, yeah. I have an old one. And we redid some cabinets in a bathroom before my big birthday party we threw. Yeah. And it left grooves because the pad had worn down to a point to where the thing that actually held the pad to the device was gouging the wood. As yeah. I, so I got, From through the sand. Paper. Yeah. So I actually got a, a true orbital sander that like rotates around and it vibrates mm-hmm. and you just like the sanding discs just pop on it. Yeah. Miracle. I love, love it. Yeah. It's great. So the one thing I haven't gotten yet that I really want is the Graco Magnum X5 airless paint sprayer. That's a fairly serious piece of equipment, but I'm up for it. Yeah, it looks pretty intense. It's not gargantuan, but it is one for someone who, like for instance, I've painted my entire house on mm-hmm. the inside. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah, and that's a... I would have loved to have had it. That's a beating with brush and a roller. And when we did all the cabinets in the bathroom that we renovated, I took all those down sanded everything, did the whole wood putty, let it dry, re-sand it with my orbital sander, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then we had to roll paint it on there, and it took forever. Yeah, and it's just, it's hard to get good finish. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I got to redo my kitchen, I got to redo the master bathroom cabinets. Mm-hmm. I really want that sprayer, because it'll make my life a lot better, and I'll have a better product. I mean, I'm looking at it, and there's pictures on here about, like, I need to refinish my deck out back, and it's... It's a thousand square feet of deck. <laughs> this will handle this it. This would make that be a dream. Yeah. Although I did like that this one can hook up to a, a garden hose so that you can clean it. Because to me, that's the worst part of stuff like this is having to clean it. And I like the fact that I can buy like a five gallon bucket of paint. Yeah, and just dump like. I already have a sprayer like this, but it's not as good a quality. Oh, yeah. But it'll only do a quart at a time. Oh, you actually load the paint in it instead of this one? Like That's right. And the one I have is good enough to where, so if I rotate it 90 degrees or 100, if I rotate it upside down, yeah. it'll still draw paint out of yeah, it. Yeah, it still sprays. It's a really good one, but it's too small. It's like yeah, you, you go run through, through pretty quick, really fast. And I was like, I'm not, you know, I want to set it ever up and just like bang it out. Yeah. So that's what I put on here. Like even, Like in the room we're in right now, if I were to, Roller, which we did, by the way, hmm. we cut all this in and then rolled it. Yeah. And it took, I don't know, like two days to do it. I could probably spend four hours masking everything off and 15 minutes and painting Spraying it. it. Yeah. And I'd be done. This would be like maybe awesome. half a day's work. Maybe if I'm just like being slow rolling it, maybe three quarters of a day. It was two days because 
had to paint it. I had to come back and do a second coat of paint on it. And... Yeah, but even if you sprayed two coats, you could still get it done. I'd want one too, I think. And I think I'd be more efficient more with my coverage too. <laughs> That'd be like, a, as opposed to me rolling it, maybe, you know, yeah. this is thicker. Because this is not quite industrial, but it's close. This is a pro piece of equipment. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's like too pro. It's consumer pro. It's not, I paint for a living pro. Yeah, if I paint for a living, this is too small. Yeah. But this is if someone wants to paint, like, say you want to paint your house, and you don't want to pay someone else to do it because you're industrious. All right, so let's go to your next gift. So, not quite in the same vein, but this is something I've been wanting for a while, and I looked at it. What is it? It is the August Home Smart Lock. I'm looking at it. I still don't know what it is. Okay, so it's an electronic device that essentially goes over, like you put it on your door, on your existing door, on the front door of your house, over the deadbolt latch, Mm -hmm. and then it makes that an electronic lock, essentially. So they have different versions of this, but this one is allows me to keep the current door hardware on my house. And you put it over the plate of your existing deadbolt lock. Right. And then I can control it with my phone. And the reason to do this is because you want your hardware to look a particular way as opposed to having to buy what is admittedly pretty ugly Usually electronic. Usually pretty ugly electronic stuff. So this fits over the back. On the inside of the door where your deadbolt is, the thumb turn. And it's about the size of a hockey puck. Yeah, it looks like and it. And a little, mean, a little taller. So it's not overly obtrusive. And you put it on there, and then that way, like, for example, if I was here today recording something and somebody needed to get in my house, I could unlock the door from here. Right. And let them in. The reason I started looking at it is because my kids sometimes want to go by the house because they forgot this or forgot that, and they don't have, like, my youngest doesn't have a key. You know, my oldest sometimes forgets her key. So I can be like, well, I'll just open the door for you, and you can get in the house and get what you need and lock it up on the way out. And this is a cooler way than putting a key under a rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, a little bit safer. Yeah, because everybody, if they think you have a key somewhere, they can find it. They can look long enough to find it. They have a couple of different versions, but the one that, that I posted the link to is the one that goes over your existing deadbolt. It's, again, kind of a cool technological thing that I thought, because I was really, I got into this when it was about trying to smart home my house. And this keeps me from having to like buy all that brand new hardware that don't I don't really want because it's not yeah. aesthetically how I want it to be. I kind of dig it. I don't know if I would get this, though. I would buy it as an experiment and yeah. see. That's where I'm at with it. It's not cheap. It's not too bad, but yeah. Well, it's almost $200. 200 bucks, yeah. I mean, it, it looks cool. It's a cool thing. You know, we're doing work on the house right now. Yeah, and see, exactly. the way we deal with that is we leave... Our garage door, normally we have grandma. Grandma comes. Yeah. But the other day was the first time that she couldn't come. And we're talking about 20-minute window, so it wasn't much. But we left the door in the garage unlocked, mm-hmm. and then we gave him the code to open the garage door. That's how we dealt with that. But the thing that sucked about it was I told him the code, and I said, here's the code, beep, bop, boop, bop, hit pound, thinking that's like enter. And I was like, oh, no, no, wait, it's enter. But he'd already hit pound, and that was the, like, okay, you hit pound, you just set up to reprogram it. So they couldn't get in. Oh. So then I was like, okay, you got to sit there and hang out for 15 minutes until grandma gets there. It turns out 15 minutes was like an hour. Uh Uh-oh. Whoops. Yeah. (laughs) There's a convenience factor to it and a cool technology factor to it for me. Yeah. Both of those things. Well, normally, it's like Fort Knox around here. Yeah, I know. And so I was really uncomfortable even just leaving the garage door open for a half hour. 
Well, I'm okay. surprised you give somebody the code. Well, we set up a <laughs> we. It's not the real code. Oh, it's like a temporary it's code. A te- or it's a, yeah, we like, we set up it a code. Expires for, in 24 hours. We set up a code for him. And if anyone should come and punch that code in, we'll know it's him. Like so, I know when he punches that code in. I got you. Yeah. This is the type of thing that I could have put this over the deadbolt to the garage door, and I could have said, "Just text me when you get there." And then Bloop. I'll open the back door for yep. you. Yeah, I like that. I'd like to see how it works in practice. Yeah. If it works the way it's supposed to work, there's certainly some value to it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go to the next one. And this is the last silo that we have, even though it's not the last batch of gifts that are on the blog. Going to be on the post, yeah, but this is the end of the... the last of the... one that we're going to talk about. Sure. So what I put on here was the Bose SoundLeak Revolve Portable Bluetooth Speaker. Because you know what? I like my music. Mm-hmm. And... We go out by the pool a lot, and we looked at doing like the Sonos system. It was more money than I felt like spending, mm. and so I ended up getting this for my wife as a gift. And it has great sound. You can take it outside. It yeah. can get wet. Oh, it can get wet. If That's someone, cool. If someone cannonballs and it hits the splashes thing, and stuff, it's fine. It's fine. And the other thing is, so we have all these other portable speakers. We have Jawbones. We have... Yeah, I have a lot of them, there's too. A, we have t- they're all over the house, because we all have to have one. I keep one at my desk at the office, so because I work, seems like, as much as anybody else in a lot of weird hours. So the thing I like about this is we used to have this Bose Color one, and it's got the speaker on the front, and we would play it. And there's three of us. So inevitably, the speaker's pointing towards two One of the person. three of us. Yeah, whatever. And the other person's not really getting the jams. Yeah. This solves that problem. It's 360 sound. It comes sound. out all sides. Yeah. That's right. That's so cool. I can stick it down wherever, and it's going towards the pool, it's going towards the chairs, it's going towards the grill, it doesn't matter. For the quality that you get, it's not particularly expensive. Great sound. It's Bluetooth, right? So I can just punch up a playlist from my phone. It's not that big. It's a decent size. It's sitting on the kitchen counter right there. This is endorsed because I've actually used it. I think that looks pretty cool. I might be interested in one because I do also have Bluetooth speakers all over my house. Yeah, this one's good. And it really works good because you can haul it outside. Yeah, that's what I like about it. And the battery life is crazy. So it's got a cradle. Is it batteries or is it like... No, no, no. So you recharge it. It's a rechargeable thing. Yeah, so there's a little pedestal that it sits on, and it just sits there all the time until you want to use it, and we just pull it off. So it's always charged. I've had a full day of swimming and grilling and beer drinking and more grilling and more swimming. Battery's never gone out on me. That's so cool. I don't know how long the battery lasts. It's supposed to last. But it lasts a lot. It kept the party going. True 360. All right. So there you go, speaker. Let's go to yours. Mine is straight up for fun. Whoa. I just really, really want one of these so bad. Look at that. So bad. It's not little as a clue. It's not full size in reality. No, but I mean, it's not sitting on your countertop. No, it's not. I mean, I'm just saying it's a retro arcade game. It's by this company called One Up Arcade. If you click that link, the one I have in the image here is Star Wars version of the game. But they make retro video games in essentially what you think of as a classic arcade case. It looks like a video game when you used to go play games at the arcade. Yeah, this is definitely, you know, hitting the Gen Xers here. Yeah, right, exactly. Galaga, Mortal Kombat centipede yeah they got them all and they have multiple games in it yes this one that i have the star wars game has the three 
Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi video games that were released in the 80s. <laughs> There's a, if you go to the website, people, you got to check out the website. Because like a couple images down... There's a dude. He's got a flat top fade going on. Yeah, he does. He's getting played, playing some <laughs> the Marvel superheroes Capcom yeah, they, games. They decided that if they're gonna have a gift that panders to Gen X, they're gonna get a guy that looks like he's a Gen Xer. So they have the stand up versions, but they also have like the tabletop versions, which are really cool, I think. Those are cool. Very nostalgic. But the stand up versions, they're not full size. They're about three quarter height. Yeah. Still very usable, right? Kid so from Kid and Play. He's in the image. You can see how big. Yeah. That guy looks like a giant, though. I think it's like five and a half feet tall. So like a regular arcade game was like six and a half, it's seven feet tall. It's not gargantuan, but, but it's not small. It's manageable. Okay, I got to ask you this. The tabletop ones, I didn't like playing those. Did you not? No. Oh. And the only time I ever saw them was in like pizza joints. I remember there used to be one at Dairy Queen. Yeah, mine was that. It was Miss Pac-Man. Pizza Inn. Yeah, Pizza Inn or Pizza Hut. They had them too. I think they're kind of fun, though. Mainly because that way, actually, when I say that now, I would play that for longer because I'm sitting down. <laughs> I was never good enough to, that was never an issue never for me. Never a problem. <laughs> never an issue for me. They make a lot of different ones, but the one I like is the Star Wars game because, man, I spent a ton of money playing the original Star Wars game that was like DOS green line screens. I don't even know if you know what that game is. Oh, yeah. It was just line art of green, and I would spend hours and dollars playing that as a kid. So that's the one that I've selected because I would love to have it. I played a lot of quarter video oh, man. games. Me too. Tons, tons, tons. I actually paid. There was this one that actually took nickels, like it was broken or just like it could. It was a terrible video <laughs> game, but off. I would play it because I was like, I get five games. Five games for one. To one, yeah. But out of all these, if I'm looking at the ones that they have, pretty sure the one that I would want is the Galaga. The Galaga one? Yeah, that's a fun game. When I did that project out in California a couple years ago, the cabinet shop that i work with they had one of these they actually had the galaga mm. i mean i don't know if it was actually this manufacturer but it was you know like a three-quarter size guy yeah and you would hear like every couple of five minutes and <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah that would kind of drive me crazy because they left theirs on all the time all day long and he's talking he's like well you know over here i was like no we make this style a little bit and i was like oh, well, hold on i gotta go play <laughs> That wraps up the 2019 list of what to get an architect for Christmas. Shopping for that overly picky, demanding, self-righteous architect probably isn't very fun, but if you follow the items on this list, I can reasonably guarantee that you'll have success. And since this is a holiday-themed podcast and blog post, clearly I think you would be wise to prepare yourself for this episode's Christmas-themed hypothetical question. Ba -ba -da -da. That's not Christmas. That is not. Ching -a -ching, ching -a -ching, ching -a -ching. <laughs> That's right. Christmas-themed hypothetical. So here we go. Yes. You sitting down? Yeah, you can I, see me. <laughs> I know. You are sitting down. Just wanted to make sure you weren't about to stand up. All right, here we go. Here's Let's the hypothetical. It. We're going to call this one the Scott Calvin. <laughs> so you walk into the front room of your house on Christmas Eve late so technically it's Christmas morning in the middle of the night and you discover Santa Claus is there leaving a gift behind. In your excitement, you scare him into having a heart attack <laughs> and he passes away. You scared him to death. You scared him to death. Whereupon you now have the dilemma of do you become Santa Claus so that there would actually be a Santa Claus? Do you take on this responsibility or do you just kind of kick the Santa suit under the couch and go back to bed? Run back upstairs. 
Yeah. We're right. saying, like, it's not me. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the reference, the Scott Calvin is from the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, where he becomes Santa Claus. So we're taking that on as a hypothetical. That's a hypothetical. Today, yeah. Yeah, I think I would, though. Maybe. There's some aspects of it that I don't really like. I mean... Clearly you're okay with the getting fat. <laughs> oh, I was going to try to get away from that. But yeah, okay, thanks. I was like, jerk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bomb you with jerk. it before you bomb I me. I know, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> yeah, but you're already all like white and round, so you're, you're ahead of me. I know, that's what I was worried about. You were going to make the just a little more poundage. Yeah, and you're there. I'm done. You let your beard grow a little bit and you're Santa already. I know. Uh-huh. But Q-tip. I'm Norwegian, so I'd be Chris Kringle. Well, yeah. You'd be a popo jijo. <laughs> anyway. Nobody's getting that reference. I know. If you've watched the movie, you get it. Anyway. Yeah. I think I would do it, though. I don't like the thought of, A, like having to leave everything behind. Yep. I actually don't like the thought of getting fatter than I already am. <laughs> but didn't he like lose weight and then he ramped up all year long? No. No, Don't no, you remember? Yeah, but in the Santa Claus 2 and 3 and whatever, he's thin other times of the year. No. Yes, because he... In the Santa Claus 2, the reason he was thin is because he was becoming un-Santa Claus. Because he needed to marry he needed Mrs. To Claus. Wife. Yeah. But I don't remember him even after he was married being as jumbo as he was in the first one. I don't know. Maybe they toned it down. But he did have a bowl full of jelly. He was a bowl full of jelly. But the part of the thought of only working one day a year... I'm on board with that. That's a 36-hour day. That's true. But I'm still on board with it, man. Sign me up. And you got to micromanage like a billion elves. For the rest of the year. The rest of the year. Yeah, but you probably got like a... You got a structure You got place. a right hand, your right hand man elf that kind of takes care of A Bernard. Care of you. you got somebody that takes care of that stuff for you. I think I would get joy, though, out of bringing joy to other people. Clearly, you know what my answer would be. Yes, I do. I have to become you Santa have Claus. To become Santa. But you have to have... But the problem with it for you... No, no, no. I'm no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have to be. Hey, I'm Bob Borson and Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah, I, that's not true. I know. You just wear around I'm, a Santa T-shirt. I'm just Santa Claus. I know. It's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know. I think it would be cool. Partly. You know, actually, you bring a good point. There's the anonymity, like you know, Santa Claus is totally real, but nobody, like, so you walk around, they're like, "Hey, Andrew." They're like, "What are you doing all year long?" Right, and you're like, well, I got a job. I got a job. What do you do? Um, I do toys. I work at the toy shop. I'm an exporter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Of toys. So there's an anonymity to it. Yeah, which I think is okay, though. Do you think that you would watch like all the Christmas specials and go, that's totally not true? (laughs) Of course I would. Rudolph's a total diva. (laughs) Or does everybody just get along? No, everybody gets along, man. It's the North Pole. Everybody's happy. I think, though, the part that I would struggle with, it would be the alienation though at least let's if we're basing this off of the film or the concept nobody would know that i'm santa and i would kind of have to leave yeah you're gone so like my family my kids but you got to have a you have to have a mrs claus so that means there's some of your family some yeah yeah and the the little kid knew the goober knew he just couldn't live up there yeah that's true although i think it would be kind of fun because you know how he, he was always like being able to walk around and being like oh you were nice you were naughty be kind you're of thinking of the one scene he's like <laughs> you're such a pig no that's not what i'm thinking about. i'm just thinking about like you could have got this intuition about people very nice <laughs> to be able to go kid you're a bad kid you better shape up i think that would be kind of fun 
think Santa Claus is a harder job these days than it was probably you know, 50, 60 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, they got people scrolling everybody's Instagrams, all these kids. Yeah. Like there's got to be more bullies now than there were 70 years ago. Yeah, probably. Or just more people. In the olden days, the bullies were just the people that bothered you on your walk home from school. Exactly. Now people like get you from everywhere. <laughs> from everywhere. Digitally. Digitally. Yeah. There's no getting escaping. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Christmas. I'm a holiday kind of guy. You think Christmas 365 days a year would be like... That's the part of it. That might get to me. I might get a little bit like... But I'm if I'm Santa, if I'm the big man, I could be like, you know what? I'm taking three months vacation. You might be able to pull off a couple weeks, I'm thinking. I don't know about I three I bet months. right after Christmas. What are they going to do, man? Obviously, right after Christmas. That's when you have to take that vacation. Yeah. I've got, I bet two, three months, two around Europe. And you're not going go on to, vacation. Go to Germany and you're drink not, a lot of beer. Yeah, because you're not going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, not, right. not that's with that fine. white. I don't care. I, I can go to Germany, keep my weight up. Get skin <laughs> cancer. Yeah, you got an obligation. I don't need that air fryer. Are you kidding me? Bring it on. Yeah, and your magic power, so you can probably just like, and you got like a billion L's that you're, they got to bring platters. Don't you think Santa Claus has like a, like a smorgasbord. I'm sure. Right? He doesn't yeah, have like a yeah, sandwich and yeah, chips yeah. for dinner. It's like, yeah, bring it to me. He's every, got a buffet that they fill up every day. Every day. Yeah. It's got to be magic. Everything's got to be done by magic because they're not like having deliveries made up their supplies. Maybe. I don't know. So there's a lot of finger snapping and stuff materializing. <laughs> so he's finger snapping like roast goose. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Peking duck. Boom. Let yeah, me have it. Whatever he wants. That'd yeah. be kind of a cool, like I'm in the mood for whatever. Snap. There, there it is. is. Like could, wings now. That we want I could wings. go for some Peking duck right now, though. I think I would do it. I think I could pull it off and be like, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Knock it out. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> we should just practice that. I'd be curious if someone said, no, not me. I'm out. I hate Christmas. I bet somebody might say that. Yeah. Also, I think, though, I mean, even though normally in our hypotheticals, I don't come across as very selfless. I've never really thought that, but okay. Well, I feel like I'm always like, me, me, me. And you're always like, I'm going to save the human race. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, so I like this, though, I would do. Because I do. I like Christmas. That's some of my greatest memories as a kid growing up is Christmas stuff. There's got to be a downside to being Santa Claus. Yeah, you weigh a billion pounds and you kind of, it's a, probably pretty stressful. I would think in reality, it's pretty stressful. It's magic, though. But is it magic that you check have to check all these kids and you have to know all that stuff? But in the movie, he, he seemed to be able to not have to worry about that until he, like, when he wanted to know, no, he, 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 could know. he just knew That's it. That's true. I mean, yeah. And that scene where he like gave the gifts at the school. No, oh, that was awesome. Principal. I love that one. Oh my God, I would love. That'd be so cool, right? To be able to know like, hey, you didn't get this as a kid or this was your favorite Yeah, and they're all like, just like the rock'em, sock'em and yeah. the TikTok. And they're like perfect. Tick, toss, cross or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. The, the beanbag. Yeah. Toss across or whatever. People it is. were so happy. Of course they are. That would be awesome if you. That would be so cool. Like yeah. if your whole life was just like every day, you just made people. Crazy but it wouldn't. That's the other thing. Is it wouldn't happy. be that every day, right? It would be one month out of the year. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I was gonna say it can't be just one day because that party wasn't on Christmas. Yeah, yeah but it would be like one month typically. Although nowadays, as we drove in last night, and there's Christmas lights up already, and it's as of this recording, it's barely November. Yeah. But you, you were like, Bleh. I was like, I kind of like it. I think not like I'm a, I just think the lights no, are pretty. I, I like it. I think it's pretty. I don't like skipping over Thanksgiving. No, because prior to me becoming Santa Claus, I'm going to say Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. Uh, mine was always 4th of July. Really? I like to blow stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like fun. So. But 
Santa Claus, yes. Okay. That's so two Santa Clauses. Two Santa Clauses. All right. So I'm going to call that a wrap. Thank you for being with us today for episode 38, What to Get an Architect for Christmas. If you like today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app of choice and hit the subscribe button so you can get fresh new episodes downloaded every two weeks to your player of choice. And while you're there, please leave us some feedback as we really like to hear your thoughts on the show. And if possible, leave us a five ho star rating. <laughs> Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, links, info, and photos from this episode. And we're going to have more than what we talked about today on the list, so make sure you check it out. Finally, if you weren't aware, there might be a blooper reel at the end of each episode. And if you aren't sticking around to the very end, you could be missing out on audio gold. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers. A little, I need a little Christmas cheer. A little Christmas spirit. <laughs> I, need a little, I need some Christmas spirits. Gins. Mm. Kids, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy Christmas, Christmas spirits. spirits. You should have thrown in the persnickety. Architects are persnickety, persnickety gift receivers. Kids are the worst. I know. I'm like, God, can we, can we not? You guys need to jo- get a job. I know. I get happy when we go to the grocery store and they're out of stock. <laughs> kind of a what's up kind of gift. One of those kind of gifts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know. Oh, I think I'm back. Just... <laughs> Still recording. Dun, dun, dun. The blackmailing begins. <laughs>